0: Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. How many of you have been going through some tough times and feel like you're really in the valley or in a battle where maybe God is not even paying attention to what you're going through? Well, you're not alone. There are many people who feel like they're in their toughest of times. Well, today I am happy to bring you a message from my daughter, Jasmine Berry, who is going to share how through the suffering and the tough times that she's experienced, how God is able to bring you through. If you know someone who's going through a tough time, or maybe you're going through a tough time yourself, listen in to today's message and allow God to bless you, restore you, and give you some comfort and peace. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word.
1: If you've been in church or around church for quite some time that you know that there um, before there was praise and worship music like what we sang this morning there were hymns some of the most popular hymns are amazing grace great is thy faithfulness blessed assurance how great thou art these are songs that get you through well nothing else can get you through I remember Pastor Jerry saying years ago, he's like, look, Kirk Franklin's stomp ain't going to get you through a trial. You have to pull back on some hymns. When you're on your deathbed, you ain't going to be singing stomp. You're going to be singing, Lord, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. These are are songs that are full of um, doctrine that teaches us about who God is and, and how we should worship him. One of my all-time favorites is It Is Well. It was written in the 1800s. And every time I sing this song and I think about it, I'm reminded of the songwriter and what he endured and what caused him to write the story. So I'm gonna give you a little backstory here. Horatio Spafford, in 18, he was born in 1828. Um, died in 1888. He was a Presbyterian layman for, from Chicago. He would established a very successful legal practice as a young businessman and was also a devout Christian. Among his close friends were several evangelists like the famous Dwight L. Moody from Chicago. Spafford's fortune evaporated in the wake of the Great Chicago Fire in 1871. Having invested heavily in real estate along the Lake Michigan shoreline, he lost everything in an instant. In addition to that, right before he had lost everything, he lost his four-year-old son to sickness. And you would think, okay, my child dies, I lose everything, my fortune, everything that I've been working for. That's a lot, God. But the worst was still yet to come for him and his family. So they had another child. They had a, a another daughter. So that, that makes four daughters. They decided, hey, we want to get some rest. Let's go to England for like a little vacation. And then also there was an evangelistic campaign that um, Moody was having. So he wanted to go over there and, and, you know, spend some time helping minister to people there in um, Great Britain. So when they got ready to go, Horatio wasn't able to go because he had some, some things he had to take care of his business. So he sent his, his wife and his four daughters on the ship and said, hey, I'm going to follow you straight after. Well, what happened was on November 26, that ship was struck by another ship. And that ship sank in 12 minutes. After all, everything happened. The rescue boat came. His wife was there on a piece of wreckage, but his four daughters had passed away. His wife, when she got to England, she wrote him a letter and said, Saved alone, what am I going to do? Immediately he left, he got on a boat, he went there, and then on the way there, the captain called him up and he said, Hey, we're getting ready to pass the area where the ship went down. And that's when he wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my way, When sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Imagine losing everything and standing there and saying, God, whatever happens, God, whatever comes in my life, the one thing I do know is that it is well with my soul. You can take everything, God, but I still have you. God went on to bless him with more children and went on to allow him to do his wife to do ministry and Jerusalem and do all sorts of great things. But he wrote this out of a point of sorrow. My question to you this morning is, do you think your response will be the same in, that, in the wake of that magnitude of suffering? You know, in today's world, I talked to one of my grandmas, and she's like, well, you know, they, they don't make them like they used to. We used to endure. Like, she tells me stuff, and I'm like, no, nah, we ain't doing that in 2023, Grandma. Like, we ain't going through all that. But she's just like, we used to go through this. We used to do that. And, you know, they had a smile on their face, and they just believed God. And we're like, nah, no. But the story reminds me of a story in the Bible of a man named Job. We're going to take a look at his life this morning and see what we can learn from his tragedy. So let's head over to Job chapter 1. So at the beginning of, that, of the book, we meet Job, and it's a, a description of a man of integrity. The Bible says that he feared God, and he turned away from evil. He had several sons and daughters. He had 7,000 sheep and goats. 3,000 camels, 500 female donkeys, 500 yoke of oxen, and a large number of servants. He so said he was the greatest man of all people of the East. His children would get together and they would have feasts and times of fellowship. And what he would do, he said, you know what, I don't, I don't know what my kids are doing when they get together, but what I am going to do is I'm going to pull them all together. We're going to sanctify them before the Lord. We're going to pray because I want to make sure that even if they did something wrong, that they are covered in the blood of Jesus. He would go and make sacrifices. He was a good father. He honored God in everything he did. But let's go down to verse six. It says, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered, the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. And the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has a good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him in his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is, but reach out and take away everything that he has, and he surely will curse your face. All right. You may test him, the Lord said. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the older brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys, feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, someone else came and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all of your shepherds. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While that man was still speaking, a third messenger arrived and said, Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed all your servants. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters are feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind in from the wilderness hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 20. Job stood and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Suffering is not a word that we love to hear, right? That's not something that we want to talk about. That's not something that we want to go through, but it's something that we will all experience in our walk as believers. I heard a minister say one time, either you are in a storm, about to go into a storm, or you're coming out of one. Challenges and trials are what we have um, come up in our lives as believers. Many people come to Jesus and they think that this Christian life is void of hardship. In America, we've been sold this gospel that if you come to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. You know, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be looking good. It's going to be rainbows and sunshines. So you're not going to have any trials. I, I serve Jesus so things shouldn't be falling apart. And that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 16:33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes, a part of being a believer is favor of God and blessings and God open up doors and pouring out the windows of heaven. But also part of being a believer is also hurt, pain, grief, struggle, heartache. It's all a part of this Christian walk. And what happens is a lot of times is we experience the highs of Christianity. and We're like going after God so hard and we're excited because God is doing things for us. We're excited because God has opened doors. We're excited for all these things. But then everything hits the fan and we don't know what to do. And that's when our faith is tested. And that's when you see people walk away from the Lord. And that's when you see people say, you know what, God, I, why, is, why, why am I worshiping you? Why am I serving you if you're going to allow this to happen? But I believe that we are in a time, in a season, as believers, we're going to have to get some grit about us. We're going to have to get some determination and some staying power and decide that we are going to choose to serve God whatever comes our way. Our pastors have been telling us that times are coming and times are now. And things are not going to be so easy to be a believer, even in America, as it has been. And we have to make a decision that I'm going to choose to serve Jesus come hell or high water. Christ's life in the scriptures teach us plainly that God uses human suffering to bring glory to his name, to fulfill his purposes, and to mature our character. Let's look at a few different types of suffering that we see in the Bible. The first one I want to talk about is persecution. Did you know in the last couple years there have been over 260 million Christians live in places where they experience high level of persecution? Over 580 5,800 Christians were killed for their faith over the last couple years. Over 1,800 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked. Over 3,100 believers were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned because of their faith. That's what you call persecution. There are many believers who are suffering around the world. Like, we have it so good here in America. We can wake up. We can open up our Bible. We can go to work with our I Love Jesus t-shirt on, nobody's gonna say anything. We can play our Christian music, nobody's gonna say anything. We can put a cross in front of our house, nobody's gonna say anything. But there are other brothers and, brothers and sisters of the faith that are hiding out in basements right now to, to meet together. There are people in other countries where it's illegal for them to have the Bible that we have, that we have it accessible on all of our devices.
0: This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road.